Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of SAPE Speaks, a podcast brought to you by Sexual Assault Peer Educators. SAPE is a student group committed to educating the Georgetown community about interpersonal violence and supporting survivors of sexual assault. SAPE hopes that this collection of conversations will encourage, support, educate, and inspire necessary dialogue in the Georgetown community. As a content note, issues of sexual assault and other forms of interpersonal violence will be explored and discussed. Please prioritize your well-being while listening to these podcasts. We also want to remind listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are a representation of the speakers themselves and not all reflect those of SAPE, Health Education Services, or Georgetown. With all of that, let's dive into today's episode where we hope to learn more about trauma-informed practices both at the Georgetown level and within our relationships. Um, So I'm Katerina Watson. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a senior in the college studying gender studies and biology, and I've been a part of SAPE um, for just this year. Hi, guys. I'm Courtney Smith. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a senior in the college. I'm a double majoring in psychology and government, and this is my third year in SAPE. Awesome. So today we are super, super excited to be joined by Jiminika Eborn, who is a queer media consultant, comprehensive sex educator, sexual assault and trauma expert. Um, Yeah, that's all the things. Um, Jiminika, welcome. We're very grateful to have you here. Uh, So how long have you been doing this work and what brought you into it? (laughs) Um, That's actually a really interesting question about the PEMDAS of it. The order of operation is Mm-hmm. interesting for some folks yeah um so I'm gonna say a few hard things and I always like to just give folks to be like a chance to opt in and out so I'm gonna say a hard thing um I, I've always introduced myself when people ask this kind of thing is like being a child of trauma my mother was murdered when I was one and they found me with her body she um was killed by my possible sperm donor I don't know if that would be or would not be my father I have a father um, so, um, I was raised by her grand, her grandparents, my grandparents, her parents, and they were very open and honest with me about like everything, you know, mm-hmm. as much as it fit with the age that I was. So right. me, I, I've been a reader, all these things, and it wanted, it brought me to want to work with women and help domestic mm-hmm. violence survivors. Yeah. So I ended up going to school for criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And then my third year... My third year, um, I was raped, which, you know, as survivors know, you know, it kind of changes the course of things, just like a little lot of it. Um, And, you know, some folks need to hear this also. I was at home in my bed. I woke up and someone was there to kind of get away from people like, it's a stranger in a back alley and all these things. Does that happen? Yes predominantly it is people that we know and it was someone that I had been in relations with beforehand Mm -hmm. um and so that kind of changed the course of my my life I didn't know then but then what I know now is the way my body responded was I became over sexualized Mm -hmm. um in the sense that I was just like let's do it all the time everybody let's party Mm -hmm. and I drink a lot right? Like that was my coping skill, which Mm -hmm. then led to me wanting to punch people. So I became violent. Um, People that were similar to the person that assaulted me didn't know what was going on with any of this. I just thought I was spinning. Um, And I decided when all of this was happening, I finally got, after I finally got kicked out of school, it was the best thing ever. I'd been trying to get kicked out. I've been trying to get help. And they were just like, well, let's just get you another semester. And I'm like, girl, no, no, no. I, no I don't want this. 
So when I get kicked yeah. out, this is where it gets, it's for some people, they're like, really? I opened a vintage clothing store online. That was my first business ever. And then I became a rape crisis counselor. Okay. Um, and cool. so that, that's where the journey started. I started volunteering. It was all volunteer work. And as folks were coming into the hospital, I was the first person they saw. I mm -hmm. sat with them during their start kit. I held their hand. I distracted them. I made them laugh. It was the most humbling thing I've ever done. And I continued working through mental health. Um, juvenile sex offenders, teenagers, eating disorders, older folks, the gamut. Um, mm -hmm. And what kept coming up was sexual assault and trauma, but also burnout. Like uh, mm -hmm. mental health is hard, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're young and you don't know how to handle it. We can talk about that. Um, and I was like, I need to do something else. I need to do, how do I else? And I was like, ooh, sex. My mom was like, talk faster. What are you talking about? Let's go. <laughs> what are you, what's happening? Wait, what when I say when I say my mom is my grandmother, she was like, no, no, talk faster. And I was like, I don't know yet, but I'll figure it out. And so I jumped into sex ed. I got certified. I went to all these events and all these things. And again, what kept coming up was sexual assault. And there were folks doing the work, but like, I've always looked at things, not like you need to reinvent the wheel. And I think this is for mm -hmm. anything that people do, but like, where are they missing? Like, where can you fill in the gaps and add mm -hmm. who you are? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the short and the, the short and the long of how I got here. <laughs> yeah, and that's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that that puts a lot of um, what we're going to talk about today actually in really great context um, because it's something that we are super curious um, to to ask you and uh, to learn from you is kind of how do you help people um, navigate relationships after trauma? So how do you have conversations or help people talk to a partner um, about their past experiences and kind of what they're comfortable with. Um, how do you just kind of help people go through that? Yeah, so I recently started doing one-to-one -one work with folks, which uh, imposter syndrome has been telling me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then my therapist was like, no, you can. And I was like, fine, <laughs> buddy, I'll do it. Um, and this is coming up, right? Like this is a, a part of trauma. It's, when the thing happens, whatever the thing is for you and what it looks like, um, everyone's journey is different, right? But most folks think like, well, you've been assaulted. You don't want to date. You don't want to have sex again. Mm -hmm. People are like, that's not it at all. That's, mm -hmm. that's not this path. And so one, we have to work on ourselves and support ourselves, right? Like when we are going to have these conversations, when we are in relationships and or getting into relationships, we have to figure out if we're ready to be in that mm -hmm. and like being honest versus like someone saying, I mean, it's been like three months. You, you're ready to get back out there and you're like, uh, you sure, no, no, I'm not, <laughs> but you're doing it, right? Like doing things that are actually for you, I think is really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, being able to be in control of that. So navigating like what your wants are and your mm -hmm. needs are going into it. And then what do you want in a partner, which is what my therapist is making me do right now. What do you mm -hmm. want in a partner so that you aren't just like, you're there, you're there. Cool, let's try it, let's try it. Yeah. And then I think once you prepare that and then you find the person, blah, 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 let's fast forward to the conversation, um, which can be at any time. They can be first date, they can be five months in, they can be a year in because it's your story. It's your journey and you share it as you want. And so I always tell folks, don't blindside anyone because you're gonna get a blindsided response, right? Mm. Um, tip, 
I'm so sorry if it's so loud. Um, but no tip, tip um, anytime you're going to have a hard conversation, let the person know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in relationships, this is the tip. In relationships, friendships, family, um, folks you're dating, I like to do check-ins. So people That's are like, great. Yeah. like quarterly check-ins, like, hey, so we've been doing this. How are you feeling? Like, let mm-hmm. me tell you how I'm feeling. And then that's when you can start to share different things. So creating that container to be able to then safely share when everyone is prepared for the what if that might come up, mm-hmm. it's going to be easier. Now, if it's a first date, because this comes up, I am someone, I know people can't see me, but you can. I am someone <laughs> that on the first date, I'm already, and it's because of all this, the stuff that I do, I'm already trying to see if you can hold people's trauma. Like, can you, can you Mm. deal? How do you feel about therapy? So I added in, yeah, I added, I added into like first date questions and I do like, I hate it. I hate saying it, but it's like feelers, like testing, like, so how do you feel about mental health? Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't Mm -hmm. believe in it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. But if they're like, yeah, I go to therapy, you know, I've worked with my own stuff. Cool, cool. And then you decide how much, you know, you want to share like, oh, well, I, I've had some trauma in my life, you know, just wanted to, you know, say that. Also, some of the things I asked my therapist and maybe changed this a few years ago, I used to say, no, probably laugh. I used to be like, so what's wrong with you? My therapist is like, nope, nope, we're not asking that question. We're not doing that. I know. I was like, okay, so what are the things that you think you shouldn't tell me right now? And people go what interesting you're asking and I well I say and then I'm like here's the thing I want each other to have enough information that we can opt in and opt out so it's not like don't tell me are your biggest secrets but like maybe I'm like here here I'll start I'm like I snore sometimes and people are like oh okay some people don't like that maybe you're like I can't (laughs) deal with that right like I snore sometimes you know I have some trauma um I am queer. I have been non-monogamous. Like I do this, I do this. Mm-hmm. And their response is like, cool, maybe, <laughs> they, maybe I don't share that much in-depth information with them. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship already, setting the container like for check-ins where then you can feel good enough to share and everyone's kind of on the same headspace. Yeah. Or, you know, it's a first date. Do your feelers first before you, you know, share that type of vulnerability with folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that check-in is such um, a, a great thing. My roommates and I actually um, recently kind of started doing something like that. And it's been really helpful. And um, I think that things came up that we were able to kind of work through with each other and support each other through that wouldn't have come up if, if we hadn't kind of designated a time to do that. Um, yeah, so I just think that's a, a really great idea. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm going to pivot a little bit because um, I really wanted us to talk about like vicarious trauma, which I think um, you must have had some experience with or some insight on. Um, so specifically thinking about like, what is it for listeners that don't know and how we can like be aware of it and work through it in ourselves as people who do um, this trauma work? Yeah, so it's, I mean, to simply say it's like living through other people's trauma, like what is happening to them, you are 
experience it. You're taking that energy on, you're holding it. And for some, it does feel exactly like whatever happened to them. You also can ha mimic like within your body, the same types of pain, which is really interesting. Mm, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. B bodies are so wild. I'm studying alternative <laughs> medicine. I'm not studying it great because I'm behind, but I'm studying <laughs> alternative medicine right now because within trauma, like our bodies have different sensations that come up. Our bodies all respond differently. Mm. Um, and which leads me to, if you are someone that has experienced trauma on your own, you might be more sensitive to receiving other people's energy and like what's happening to them. And you might be receiving that as well. Mm -hmm. The ways that it shows up might be different for everyone. It's probably going to be different for everyone. Again, it might be those types of things. You might be now stressed. You might have that. You might be matching their energy on a way that you don't need to be because then it becomes not helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're like, oh my God, that, oh yes. Oh, okay. That, what, what are we doing? that we're not yeah. that's not helpful at all right yeah, like, that doesn't feel good or, yeah right. so if we are folks that are holding space um ways to combat that is something I I always say and I've been I had to learn this with my first the first time I went into the hospital right like mm -hmm. I was like I got this and I was like I don't got this what if and then and then and then as like I'm hearing someone's story they're telling me their story and I put myself directly in it so now I'm, you know, they're vicariously, I'm vicariously living through them. And then I put myself in it. Mm -hmm. I then learned I'm not able to help that person because I'm so wrapped up in the what ifs. I'm in the scenario now, right? Mm -hmm. There is a way that you can separate this, right? How we show up and do this work every day. And I'll just say it as I say it any other time. I check my shit at the door, right? Mm -hmm. So before I walk into a door, if it's a digital door, like if I'm going through Zoom, yeah. if it's a phone call, if it's a physical door, whatever I'm experiencing, mm -hmm. I leave it there because I can't show up fully if I'm in the back of my head, like, oh, I got to write that paper. Oh, I got to do this interview. Oh God, I got it. This thing. I'm right. not paying attention to what you two yeah. are talking about. Right. So right. even if I've had the craziest time, I'm like, okay, put this aside right now because I need to show up in this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this is for folks that are doing the work and also learning your own boundaries around things is really, really important, right? Like if there's some cases that you are not able to work on, right. don't do it. Don't do it just because you want to, you want to be that person. Yes, we mm -hmm. get it. We need you, but maybe not in this particular space and it's okay to not be able to show up in all the ways right. because you're going right. to be able to show up in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Learning, learning your triggers because we all have different triggers. Mm -hmm. um, if it's certain spaces, I, I always say you can be triggered by any of your five senses. You might hear mm -hmm. a sound, you might mm -hmm. taste something, you might smell something, you might, there's, you might see something. Literally, you can be triggered unfortunately. I know it's like, yay, also what? <laughs> all yeah. of the ways, like, but mm -hmm. if you're able to learn these things about yourself, mm -hmm. it'll be really helpful. And also, how do you keep in your body? Or if you notice you are shifting, because that's okay, because you are human. Mm -hmm. But if you do notice that you're, you are shifting, if that's literally physically, you're like moving away, or yeah. like, just like spatially aware, like your energy, whatever is shifting. Mm -hmm. How do you get back in your body? What are your grounding techniques? Mm -hmm. Is it to keep yeah. something in your pocket? 
is to keep a mint in your bag because that sometimes helps folks. If yeah. you need to have like a little visual photo in your head, just like an imagery of like, okay, here's my dog. I'm good. Bet. I'm back. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever that means for you, you have to figure that out before you just jump into this, right? Like people are like, well, I'm a survivor. I want to help. And I understand that. Yeah. But also yeah. everyone's work and ways that they're able to support look different. So learning what yours are before you just hop into this work where you may possibly harm someone, right? Like mm -hmm. you might have things come up that aid to or aid in a way that's not what you want. So doing that work, which oh, we gotta find another way. I was just talking about this in one of my support groups. I was like, we gotta find another word for the work. <laughs> Right. It gets so annoying. I, I don't know why. Then I change my mind. I'm like, no work. <laughs> but that, right? Like you have to figure out all these things about who you are mm -hmm. before you can fully show up. And everyone doesn't. I just jumped in. So listen, listen to someone that just jumped in. Yeah. But I also learned I just jump into everything and it works out, right? But I am a different person. Just like maybe you can, but then there's some things in the jump in that you're like, ah, not ready for that part. Mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. everyone is different so I also don't want to say like don't just jump in because sometimes that's how people read rover in right and you're just like I'm in fully wholly take me or you're like oh, I tip nope I'm out so do <laughs> it feels good but yeah. also being aware of like how the situations are affecting you mm -hmm. and get your own support mm -hmm. anybody that works within people I don't care. So basically everyone, <laughs> listen, whoever's yeah. listening, you, <laughs> you. People are complicated. <laughs> yeah, we all need someone to exhale to. And, you know, survivors, because most survivors are the ones that do this work, right? Like, we're like, oh, it's happened. Well, okay, maybe I should. Oh, I can, right? Like, we find a way to be a part still of this community because it's beautiful. Yeah. But also, take care of yourself and be honest with what mm -hmm. you can do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of keeping on um, the same train of thought. Um, when you think about activism and survivorship, um, what are some tips or um, suggestions that you have for people who want to really self-care and um, take the time to kind of process and sit with um, what they're doing when they're acting as an activist or a survivor, or um, they are an, an activist and a survivor. Just kind of how do you help people um, come up with self-care? You know, it's so, that's how I feel about it. But <laughs> I think there's, ever, I think self-care is such a buzzword and I use it in my yeah. own work and I'm also trying to find something else to call it. I think there's also the conversation of self-care versus self-soothing. And people are like, what the hell is that, right? So <laughs> self-care are literally the things that we need for our bodies. Like I take, I have my old lady grandma vitamins here. I take these, <laughs> right? Like this is self-care though, right? Like I'm taking my vitamins. I'm feeding myself. I mm -hmm. stop working when I need to stop working. I stretch, I get massages. That's self-care because I need mm -hmm. it. Right. And then there's self-soothing. Self-soothing mm -hmm. we also need, but these are the ways that we distract. Right. So mm. one of my big self-soothing things, I love pro wrestling. People are always like, I'm sorry, Ooh. I love professional wrestling. Yeah. And so it's Wednesday, it's wrestling day. Um, 
but like that is how I distract and I'm like this is great storytelling I'm in this journey and I'm not having to think about work right now right Mm -hmm. um or like going to get your nails done maybe that's both Mm -hmm. Maybe you're like, cool, someone needed to cut these nails because I wasn't about to. And I, and I needed a distraction of like self-care, like the pampering of my actual physical body, right? Like, yeah. so when we're thinking about those things, I often, when people are like, oh, I have to self-care. One, it doesn't cost billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe True. it's going to like, I don't know if y'all have them there, but like a cat cafe. Like for mm. folks that love mm-hmm. animals, maybe yeah. that's your jam. Maybe you're like, I just want to be surrounded by li- little creatures meowing <laughs> at me, right? Like yeah. maybe that's your jam and maybe that's your self-care mm-hmm. and your self-soothing, right? Mm-hmm. So like figuring out like what makes you happy mm-hmm. because all this work that we're doing, because that is what this is, right? Anytime you are an activist, Anytime you are showing up for other people, because that's what activism is, showing up for other things that maybe you're not able to. And you're like, you know what? I got it. Take a seat. Because we're doing that energy. We're we're moving the the work. Like the footwork is actual what's happening. Mm -hmm. So what about the things that make you happy? What about when you take that that crown off and you're like, here's my rest crown. I'm trying to cover my eyes now. Mm -hmm. Like I need, how do you separate yourself? People are always like, well, go get a massage. Maybe, but also some people don't like to be touched. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go drink yeah. water. Cool. Yeah. Everyone drink water, but maybe someone doesn't want to drink like hot tea all day. Maybe they need an ice cold, like figuring out what your yeah. body needs, mm-hmm. what you, mm-hmm. you need. Like when's the last time you laughed? When's the last time mm-hmm. you took an intentional breath? Mm-hmm. Like maybe mm-hmm. those are the things you need to do. And maybe you need to schedule that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because I know I'm over here like, ooh, I do ten day silent retreats. Wow! Uh, oh my goodness, tell us more. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's really like twelve. I'm looking at the next one right now. We could talk about that. Let me finish this, but bring it back because I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the ways that we are able to do this work is also remembering that we're not alone, because it can feel very much like isolating. You can be walking next to someone, but you're in your own head and your own journey. You have your own path. You have your own reason that you are showing up every day to do it. So like remembering that is really helpful because there's going to be days that you're going to just going to be like, no, I am so done with everything. Let's just burn it down. Let's just start over. And then there's the day you wake up and you're like, I remembered why I joined this org. I remembered why I got out of bed today, even though I'm, it might've took an extra hour, right? So acknowledging that you're doing all of these amazing things sometimes is really helpful to keep doing the mm-hmm. thing. Having people to support you if they're doing the same thing or just having like cheerleaders, like my best friends are not in sex ed. They're, they're what we call muggles. <laughs> they're just regular. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> You know, yeah. one is a mom a stay-at-home mom my best friend's a, the other one who I live with my person she's a dog mom they're always like tell me more like oh, you need those people yeah. one to remind you of who you are like they will call me on my ish and be like no we've been yeah. friends since we were teenagers mm-hmm. they don't care they could care less how famous yeah. I get <laughs> and <laughs> just if they want to come to the dinners like you know like, <laughs> having those people to ground yeah. you is really important 
Um, And then having people that aren't biased, like if that's a therapist, a counselor, um, a mentor, Mm -hmm. like someone that can also that you can, you know, feed off of and like bounce ideas off of Mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily in the, in the, in the thick of it with you can be really helpful, but please find something that allows you to take breaks because I don't know if you all follow, follow the nap ministry, but if not, please do. No. It is a constant reminder that the man, quote unquote, uh-huh. wants us to constantly be working and moving right. and being productive. Mm-hmm. But other countries got siestas, honey. They'd like, no, no, it is nap time. We are resting. Yeah. And so the nap ministry reminds us of our full work. It's not just the work yeah. and the physicality, but like we are literally, we're sitting here having a conversation and our bodies are activated right now. Like our bodies are moving, they're digesting, like the blood is flowing, like that is wild. And we need to remember that, like we need to be able to nourish that. And sometimes just be like, I'm good. I also call it, and excuse me if you have to blur this out, I don't know why I looked around the room, but like my fuck it. And I think there's two different versions of that. There's the positive bucket where you're just like, no, we're doing this. I don't really care. Yeah. No one's holding me back. We're yeah. doing this. And then there's the, you know what? I'm exhausted. Fuck it. It'll get done tomorrow. Tomorrow mm-hmm. exists. And I'm allowed to take breaks. So I want y'all, whoever's listening, and maybe you two needed to hear this too, like leaning to the things that feel good for you because you are allowed. Like we don't always have to be doing the fight because there's a lot of us mm-hmm. and we all have to take breaks or we will all fail because we will all just break. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. The whole like, you know, do what feels good to you because you should and can and you deserve it. Because I think a yeah. lot of people, whether they're in this work or not, feel like they need to kind of earn that rest, mm-hmm. um, which is like so detrimental just to health yeah. and uh, friendships and just ev- everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah, especially in this like ugh, the panorama. Um, yeah, <laughs> like we're home, we might as well do more. Like yeah, the exactly. study people are working more. Like they're doing more because they're at home. They're like, I should be doing it, right. which means we're actually not taking care of our bodies like better. Be yeah, extra productive now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's hips are shot. Their shoulders are like. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not stretching. We're probably not eating the best because we're stuck. Like it's a yeah. lot of undoing that's going to be had ahead of us. Yeah. yeah. There's just no separation like between work and home anymore. Like it's just all like mm-hmm. muddled up. And just- so that's, that's why I'm saying we have to be more intentional. Like, totally. and like what I, when I say like, are you, t- when's the last time you took an intentional breath? People are like, I was, oh, I haven't like, <laughs> actually just stopped and took like a yeah like even when you do it you're just like okay yeah Yeah. it slows you down in ways that we need to Mm -hmm. it allows you like a brief moment to check in with your body yeah because most of us and people are like I've never had trauma that got you were you alive (laughs) in 2020 you were alive in 2021 in a collective trauma so nice Mm -hmm. welcome to the club So like we have to like, yeah, here, pull it up. I got some extra water. Like (laughs) you have to slow down or you're like adding to the stress of everything else. 
right? Like mm-hmm. everything, like school is telling us we got to do all this stuff. Work because things cost money. Maintaining relationships, oh gosh, that's so hard. Like, <laughs> but what about you? You are the main relationship that, that needs to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, like taking care of your star player. People are like, who's that? I'm like, honey, I am my own star player. Just like you are your own <laughs> star player. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay, so I think we have to circle back to the 10, 12 day retreat. Yeah, <laughs> the silent retreat. Yeah, I need to know. Okay, so I did the first one two years ago and I was going to go last year, but as we know, uh, Rona, she said no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have them all over the world. They're literally all over the world. You can Google it. It's called Vipassana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free. People are always like, I'm sorry. Wow. What? It's, it's pay what you can. You pay back. You donate. It is all ran mm-hmm. on donations from folks Uh-oh. that have gone through it. Amazing. So you go and, you know, if you get there on time, I have now changed my, my mantra. I used to be like, time stresses me out. But no, time is now a motivator. So I'm always on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so if you get there on time, you, you know, you can meet your roommate and you can unpack and do all the stuff and kind of get acquainted with the area. But right. if you get there late, if you get there at night and we've taken our vow of silence, you don't get to talk until mm. the 10th day. Right. Goodness. So you don't, you don't, you don't talk. There's no reading. There's no writing. You don't look people in the eye. Mm-hmm. You have your own little space. You're in a cabin. I, the, the location I was in, uh, it was six person per cabin. We had our little things and there's like a list where you schedule your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and meditation started like 4 a.m. Wow. I know, I know, I know. I see your face. Yeah, it's fine. Um, my, mom, my mom was like, no, are you going to a secret kind of camp? Do we need to have a talk? My therapist was like, is this a secret camp that we need to have a real conversation about? Because it's too right. unsafe. Right. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I've done the research. <laughs> and so legit. I can explain it and sh- I'll share more with you, but it literally is nothing short of it. You can't like you have to experience it. So every day is different. Um, you meditate by yourself and you meditate in a group space. Mm-hmm. You're separated by genders. They believe there's only two, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> men and women you get there you separate you don't talk you eat in the same space but there's a divider you don't see each other you have a walking path that's separate you um, go into the meeting hall separately you eat separately because they don't want any distractions at all like mm-hmm. they want you to just literally focus inward you have two people you can talk to there's like a leader and then there's the meditation fo- person okay. that's all two people you can talk to okay um every day something different comes up for you and like they teach you how to breathe and check in with your body in ways that maybe you've never even thought of. I know I haven't. I have chronic pain. And I was like, oh, I can manage this. Like mm-hmm. literally learn how to operate your body. Yeah. Um, it's wild. You, you meditate groups. And then at night, like the, the person that created it who has since passed away, he's like, well, today you're probably experiencing this. I remember the first day in my head, I was like, no, how the hell did he know that? Is he really not, what if is he here I know you said he died but like how does he know <laughs> yeah. it was the most amazing and the hardest thing I've ever done wow. uh, I cried it was, it's 10 days it's really 12 because the first day you take your vow of silence then the start 
and then it's like oh it's over but then it's like an overnight Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I cried like nine out of ten days because you're just processing Mm -hmm. and like you don't get it out any other way but like through you like you have to process Mm -hmm. you have to through it yeah. But it, that's also how I look at trauma. Like you can go around it and it's fluffy over here and woo, I'll come back. Yeah. But when you deal with it head on, it's a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like a hard reset of like life. It's vegetarian. It's like breakfast and lunch. And like you you eat like fruits and tea. And my mom was like, what? I'm going to be hungry. And I was like, that's why you're not going. Um, <laughs> but I'm going, me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. life-changing. It's life-changing. And when yeah. people are like, so it was like 1,500, 3,000. I was like, it was free. And they're like, I'm, what? Right. Yeah. What? Crazy. You literally so can't. Awesome. Like the human. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's another thing I cried about. And I was like, you just showed up and like, you're volunteering your time just because you want me to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Wow. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really so beautiful. I'm trying to go back. Looking at June. Yeah, no, I hope that nice. works. Yeah. Wow. Um, was this, did you start studying like alternative medicine before or after this? After. Okay. Um, okay. What I learned, so I went to school to be a therapist. I did go to school for marriage and family therapy. Oh, nice. I've, I've been in a lot of school. Um, so I just <laughs> said my undergrad is in psychology and I went to school for, for marriage and family therapy because I thought that's how, the only way you could help people. Mm-hmm. and I was in the program and I was like I don't think this is it also who are all these old white men telling me this is not like this is not <laughs> reflective of the people around me like it just doesn't make sense and so I stopped that and I focused on sex ed and then I started really expanding in trauma and that's when I found health psychology which is what my master's is in because it looks mm-hmm. at people as a whole and then I was like ooh, everything's like it sounds great learned a lot but also western medicine is very numbing it's like mm. here take these pills we can get through the thing mm. okay do this and i was like i don't think that's it and as someone that has been experiencing um chronic illness chronic pain since 2015 mm. um i was like all of these things make me sick like i literally mm. they make mm-hmm. me vomit and pass out and i said there have to be other ways so I started looking at like things holistically and like herbal medicine. And I was like, this makes sense because ancestrally, our ancestors didn't have all these little pills. What did they do? Like they made Mm -hmm. it, like there has to be things. Right. Right. And so what I'm also thinking about like survivors, a lot of folks also have medical trauma, right? Like Mm -hmm. it isn't just like one, one time you're raped and it's like, woo, that's it. Like there's other things that we experience and something that I was thinking is like financial trauma also and if we're able to learn how to take care of our bodies from things from the earth that we can grow ourselves also we're in control of it which we need to be Mm -hmm. and we actually learn what we're putting into our bodies and like we're actually teaching folks like here's a besides here's a pamphlet like Mm -hmm. that also is so healing for the person Mm -hmm. and ourselves like the people that get to create this type of medicine yeah totally Yeah. And I feel like that even puts the person, the, um, you know, the individual kind of in, in charge because they get to really listen to their physical body and kind of see what they need and how they're processing and reacting to things instead of just kind of throwing things at them that are going to just like shut them down. Kind of like you were saying, 
Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's really yeah. beautiful. And, and I think um, it, it shouldn't be so revolutionary, but I think it is like centering the individual for the whole healing process. Wow, right, right. It's mm-hmm. the common sense, the common sense. But you're like, <laughs> cool, so you wanna focus on the person that was actually harmed. Wow. And anything that I do, I'm always like, I, how I want it to be seen, right? Like mm-hmm. how I do this work is how I would want to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is selfish right. that I do this work, right? Like mm-hmm. I, and my therapist made, when we first started working, she was like, I've never met someone that continues to heal through their work. And I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, girl, thank you. Cool. <laughs> like, can you, come on, you're a Gemini, get back, let's focus. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. But it's true, right? Like we get to do this stuff and we are also learning about ourselves as we do this work. Mm-hmm. And like, even with the medicine aspect, like what I tell people, the reason I do this again is yes, myself, but I always want people to feel three things, feel seen, mm-hmm. supported and heard through mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. If I can do that and I can help you do that, and if I can hear you and be like, I want to do this myself, I want to learn to do the things, let me see you, let me support you, like, let me help you, let me give you the tools, let me, you know, stand by you literally, physically while you do the thing, Right. Don't. because it is like for survivors, being able to be and feel that we are in control, because we are, mm-hmm. and sometimes we just need that aggressive reminder. We need the reminder. Totally. Yeah. Sounds so simple when you just lay it all out like that, you know? <laughs> and it's easier said than done, right? Yeah. But I also am like, can we stop sugarcoating these conversations? Like if we removed the fluff and got to the point, because mm-hmm. people get so caught up in like, well, it didn't sound nice. And I'm like, oh, you want it nice. Okay, well, <laughs> you went to the wrong person. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have time. Like, like, let's have an actual conversation. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. that is activism right? Like having the actual conversation so we can actually move something, right? right? And that's when I talk about an ally versus an accomplice. Ooh, they're not ready, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, there's a difference. And just like self-care and self-soothing, they're both needed, yeah. right? So an ally, ally, an ally, um, <laughs> we need you. But oftentimes it's just those folks that are, you know, reposting on the gram. Right. I did it. Mm-hmm. I told people, but an accomplice, yeah. we're showing up. We're physically doing the thing. We're like, mm-hmm. again, like I said in the beginning, like, I got you, sit down. Yeah. Let me take mm-hmm. some of this weight for you. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's needed. Both are needed because we need people to get the word out, but also we need people to be like, whoo, take your break. I'm tagged me in. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do yeah. that. Totally. Yeah. Cap out. Yeah. Well, for sure. So Courtney, I'm gonna, I think we're, we're kind of hitting time. So I'm going to hand it to yeah. you. You want to wrap Okay. Up? Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jemanika, um, for coming to talk to us. This has been awesome. Um, and we are so impressed and inspired by all of the incredible work that you are doing. Um, these topics don't get talked um, about enough. So we can, uh, so we hope that this conversation can help start more brave conversations on our campus. And um, for all of our listeners, if you want to learn more about the incredible work that Geminica is doing, you can follow her on Instagram. Um, she has a great Instagram. 
Um, and all of her links will also be in the show notes for this podcast. Yeah. Um, as well, Jemonika will be hosting a workshop titled Moving from Ally to Accomplice, Self-Preservation in Survivor Activism on April 21st at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, in the show notes, you can also find the link to register. And we hope to see you all there as we continue this conversation. Um, in the show notes, you can also find a link to other resources if you are in need of support, as well as the transcript for this episode. Um, also, if you want to learn more about what SAFE is doing in our virtual um, COVID environment, make sure to check us out on Instagram at GU underscore SAFE. And don't forget to listen to our next episode, which will be out in May. Once again, thank you so much, Gemonika, and thank you to everyone for giving this episode a listen.